Hi, y'all. Happy Friday. Justin Harley from the Emmy-nominated show This Is Us is here. And this is AM to DM. We'll see you on the timeline. You get it. This is us. <laughs> see you there, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Twitter. I'm Alex Berg. He's Zach Stafford, and you are watching AM to DM. You really are, and it's going to be a laugh factory today. Here is a tweet from Pepsi: <laughs> Two queens, first time together on stage on the world's biggest stage. Welcome J Lo and Shakira to Pepsi halftime. Here's a tweet from Next Level: J Lo doing her hustler's pole dance routine while Shakira sings Rabiosa, and that would be the mood. Ah, uh, so mood. iconic. This is actually helping my week. You know, this is week is, is been a month. Has it's been, been a month. month. It's in been a month. one week. And seeing this news, I just joy. I, these are my icons, my legends. This I love them. really, really excited me, but at the same time took me on like all kinds of an emotional, a complicated emotional journey. <laughs> because right. I do not support the NFL, okay. and but I must support J-Lo and Shakira. So you I was like, how am I gonna, like, what am I gonna, mm -hmm. how am I, you know, so I decided, like, of course I'm gonna watch J-Lo and Shakira. Of Agree. course I am, of Agree. course I am. And but it's gonna, you know, I don't know, gonna have to talk to some kind of halftime <laughs> ethicist or something. <laughs> An ethicist for halftime shows. <laughs> well, I was surprised at how excited I was and how quickly I stepped away from the Jay-Z anger I once held. We've done, we've talked about this yeah, a lot on yeah. the show, but, you know, Jay-Z was brought into the NFL to revive the halftime show. People thought he was selling out. And they're like, well, let's see what he does. And we all thought, you know, I thought Beyonce may come back. But, you know, J-Lo and Shakira was a left hook I did not see coming. And I stand because it's in Miami this year. Uh, and those two women do represent, like, so much of, like, Latin pop and our mega stars on the global stage. And to have them together, like, the fact that they've never been on a stage together, yeah. I didn't realize I needed that in my life. But what else I need in my life is Pitbull. Because he is their <laughs> producer. And I'm a big fan of his collabs with them. So I'm really interested to see if he will be joining because he is Mr. Mr. Miami himself. Yeah, I. the thing that was also surprising to me is like, do you think that J-Lo would have already done the halftime show because she's amazing? Yeah. And think of like the other people who have done the halftime show. Have there been people who've done it twice? I think, I, I, possibly. I don't know, like, I don't watch football, but I'm just assuming many people have had more opportunity Yeah, and you J -Lo. think that J-Lo would have already done this because and, she's J-Lo. And so. I really hope she uh, moves Hustlers into her set. Uh, like, that if we got incredible. a Hustlers moment. So, okay, so I would love a Hustlers moment. I would love like a, a speaking of Hustlers, uh -huh. like Lizzo moment, oh a Cardi B moment. Yes. Also, just, I want to hear some of like the biggest hits of the year. Give me like Lil Nas X. Okay, you know? I would do that. Yeah. I was wanting more like throwbacks. You know, okay. I want like Shakira Hips Don't Lie. I want J-Lo when she was Jenny from the block. I want that. I want my love don't cost a thing. Yes. I want her in that denim jumpsuit, oh my God, just like looks. throwing gold jewelry everywhere yes. as she walks across the fields. In the early 2000s are back and the 90s, all of those fashions. So J-Lo will yeah. dominate. And like if she and Shakira come out like matching denim looks, I will pass out. I think like no, probably no matter what happens, we're gonna be yeah, it's pretty. Gonna be I would have to go badly for okay. us to not be great. So we thrilled. can be joyful like, about yes, this. Yes, and I feel like J Lo Joy. is such a perfectionist that you know it's gonna be good. <sighs> it She's is. She's gonna get it. She together. is perfect. She's an angel. We do not deserve. But <laughs> <laughs> let's take it to the timeline. Who do you want to see make a surprise appearance with these two icons? And what songs do you want to hear? Let us know using the hashtag AM to DM. All right. Here's a tweet from April Rain. Auntie Maxine Waters has been waiting for this day. This meme says, my favorite ice cream, peach mint. Here's a tweet from Brittany Packnett. I just want us to remember what Representative Maxine Waters has gone through in being the lone voice of truth for impeachment for so long. The disrespect, the disparagement, the threats. But she stood her ground and folks finally caught up. Joining us live from the district is Congresswoman Maxine Waters to discuss the latest with impeachment news. Good morning, Congresswoman. Good morning. Good morning. How are you doing? We are doing great. And thank you so much for taking time out of your day to be with us. So, You're so welcome. Of course. So, so first up, Pelosi said this morning on Morning Joe that she thinks Russia is involved in this situation. What do you have to say about that? I don't know. Uh, we do know that there is this interaction uh, between Russia and Ukraine. Russia uh, having invaded Crimea. And uh, we do know that uh, we've had people from the Trump camp that's been involved with the Ukraine uh, in one of the presidential elections. I don't know what could be happening now, but I do know this. We know there was a conversation by this president, Trump, with the president, the new president of Ukraine, where 
he basically got into a conversation where he asked for a favor. And that favor has to do with finding dirt on Biden. And so everybody is in a state of shock around here. We're not, you're not, I'm not, because we know who he is and what he's all about. He defined himself a long time ago. Uh, but people are shocked that he would go to a foreign government, a foreign country, and ask them to interfere with our elections. Well, we know that the Russians interfered with our elections in the last election, in the presidential election. As a matter of fact, many of us believe that's why he is elected, because of Russia's involvement. And so it is not absolutely a shock uh, to many of us to see him try it all over again in a different way, all about him, all about his politics, all about him getting reelected to serve a second term. So I'm not surprised. And yes, there's something going on, uh, perhaps with Ukraine and Russia, but we are now prepared. We are prepared for it. And I'm so pleased that the speaker came to the, the fight right now and she's saying, yes, let's go forward with a formalized impeachment inquiry. I'm ready. But I've been ready for a long time. And so has Bugsy. You are the ones who listened to me and had me on air long before others even thought I knew what I was talking about. So I'm very appreciative for the attention that you gave to me, gave me an opportunity to talk about impeachment. And here we are today uh, on the verge of getting started with the formalized impeachment inquiry. And I'm hopeful that we're going to go all the way to impeachment. Well, uh, on that note of the formal impeachment inquiry, what is needed for the articles of impeachment at this point? What else do you have to gather to move forward? Well, here's what we're trying to formulate at this time. We know that we have something that's extremely significant with what has happened with this president and the telephone call and all of the other information that we're getting from those who witnessed him in some shape, form or fashion undermining our own government, undermining our own election systems, possibly. Uh, we're trying to get dirt on his opponent. And so we've got that, and that is going to be a focus. However, all of the chairpersons of the six committees that have been doing the investigations have started meeting. We will continue to meet, and then a decision is going to be made about what will make up uh, an impeachment resolution. Okay, so Congresswoman, how long do you expect this to take and when do you expect a vote to come? I don't know, but uh, there has been agreement made between all of us that we're going to move very quickly, uh, that we cannot drag this out, uh, that this is something that we need to do uh, rapidly while it's you know on the, the minds of the American public. Uh, the American public is focused on what has taken place. And so we think that we can move this uh, quickly and certainly before the year is out. And do you think going through so many committees will allow for this to go quickly? And is it the best way to handle the situation? Well, the thing about it, it's only one committee that will take it up. After the six committees, uh, you know, decide what should be in a resolution, it goes to the Judiciary Committee. The Judiciary Committee, by law, by constitution, is a committee uh, that will take up uh, an impeachment resolution and vote on it. So after that, work that is done by the six committee chairs, then the Judiciary Committee will have charge. Yesterday, the New York Times published information about the whistleblower and Trump said, quote, you know what we used to do in the old days when we were smart with spies and treason, right? We used to handle it a little differently than we do now. Should the New York Times have withheld the details about the whistleblower? The president of the United States has demonstrated long ago that he's a thug. Uh, and he acts like a gangster. Uh, he's talked about roughing up people several different times. Also, he said he could stand uh, on Fifth Avenue and shoot uh, and, and, and get away with it. Uh, so we know uh, what kind of thinking he has. And I'm not surprised that he would, in the middle of all of this, he would come out and call uh, those people who are gathering information, who have gathered information, in the interest of protecting our country, the whistleblower and others who have come forward and call them spies. They're not spies, they're patriots. And he is not a patriot. He is exactly who he is. He's a, a con man, uh, he's a dishonorable human being, he's a flawed character, and he talks like a thug. 
All right. So as the impeachment investigation is increasingly focused on Ukraine, what is your committee, Financial Services, looking into? Well, as you know, we've been focused on Deutsche Bank. Uh, Deutsche Bank, as you know, had a reputation for money laundering. Deutsche Bank loaned uh, the president money when no other bank in the country would lend him money. And so uh, we're looking at his finances. Uh, we've been in court. Uh, we issued a subpoena. We've gotten support from the court to say that they have to comply with the subpoena. Uh, now the case has been taken up on the merits and decisions are being made about the merits of the case. And so we're in court and we'll continue to work. It may or may not be a part of the uh, impeachment resolution, but all of us will have an opportunity to say what we've done, how far we've gone, what kind of facts we have gathered, what kind of dots we have connected, and a decision will be made about what goes on into that impeachment resolution. I want to talk a little bit more uh, about that uh, investigation uh, into Trump's relationship um, with Deutsche Bank. Of course, the committee's request for documents is tied up in court. Uh, you mentioned that. Um, how are you pursuing the investigation without those documents? We're, we're getting documents. Uh, we have been uh, requesting documents for quite some time, not only from Deutsche Bank, but some other banks. Uh, and so we have to continue uh, requesting documents. As you know, Trump's lawyers raised motions uh, about uh, you know, whether or not they should be releasing certain information. And of course, that has to be taken into consideration by the courts. But we are receiving documents and we'll continue to do the work. What have you found in those other documents that you've received from other banks? We have received other information, some relevant, some not relevant. That's true. So in late July, the House Committee, um, the House Committee on Ways and Means received an unsolicited communication from a different whistleblower stating Trump has tried to influence an audit of his tax returns, according to the Huffington Post. Do you know where that investigation stands today? And have you heard of any more whistleblowers coming forward with information regarding Trump? No, I don't really have more information about what has happened with all of that. All I know is that the, the Treasury Secretary should have turned him over, refused to do it. I do know that the chair of the Ways and Means Committee has worked painstakingly uh, to do what is needed to try and get those documents and force them uh, to come forth with them. I also know that uh, the New York Attorney General has been involved in this. And so the documents, the uh, tax returns have not, as I understand it, certainly been received by ways and means, and that work is still being done on that. I do believe that those tax returns have been received somewhere, and it may be uh, in New York with the work that they've been doing, but I'm just not sure about. Hmm. Now, there are uh, a lot of questions about who else in the president's, sh president's circle should be held accountable um, for the Ukraine call um, and over what happened there. Do you think Attorney General Bill Barr should also be impeached? Well, let me just say that Attorney General Barr has defined himself as being just the president's lawyer, not the people's lawyer uh, that he's supposed to be, willing to do whatever it takes to protect the president. He is not a credible human being. His name has come up uh, in this whole issue about the president's call and work that's been done with the Ukraine uh, to try and uh, pressure them into getting information about Biden. And so I know, given what he's done in the past, that he's guilty of being involved in either assisting Giuliani or doing other kinds of things to try and get the Ukraine and the president to come out with dirt on Biden. And so we believe that, uh, of course, we're going to find out more information about him as the Judiciary Committee takes up the impeachment resolution. Beyond Bill Barr, we'd like to talk about Vice President Mike Pence. Trump recently said, quote, I think you should ask for Vice President Pence's conversation regarding Ukraine. What was your reaction to that? And what do you think should happen to Vice President Mike Pence now? They're all involved. I don't think that the vice president went there or without doing the president's bidding. Uh, first of all, we have seen that no matter what the president does, they come up with the kind of messaging uh, to defend him, no matter what it is. None of them have had the courage, the patriotism, or the guts uh, to stand up for what is right for our country. So I expect that Pence is part of this conspiracy 
to try and get Ukraine uh, to do something in a fake investigation and come out with some dirt on Biden. So I'm looking forward to that coming out in the hearings that will be done by the Judiciary Committee as they take up the impeachment resolution. Now, you mentioned Giuliani, and last year on Fox News, Trump's now personal lawyer, Rudy Giuliani, said he was challenging you to, quote, say impeachment, sweetheart. Yesterday in an Atlantic interview, he said he would be, quote, uh, the hero in the end. What's your message for Giuliani? Well, we know, again, what he is and how he's defined himself. Uh, He's basically, uh, you know, a lawyer for the president again, who's willing to do anything, he's now shady and shoddy. uh, And he is capable of lying. And he's done that publicly. And so we cannot believe anything that he has to say. We do know this. He had no business acting as if he was some kind of official uh, from the United States government or the State Department carrying the message for the president of the United States. He never should have been involved in this. The president never should have used him uh, to do his bidding and to carry a message. It's only been confusing to the Ukraine. They don't know who to listen to, whether to listen to the State Department or to listen to Giuliani. And so Giuliani is just doing what he has been known to do consistently for the president of the United States, and that is his bidding, no matter how crooked it is, no matter how dirty it is, he has no credibility. Mm. So, Congresswoman, before we let you go, we have to bring up the fact that you have become such a star for many millennials in this country uh, in the past few years. And yesterday, you thanked millennials in a video saying that they're the reason why the impeachment inquiry is moving forward. Why do you believe this generation is so committed to getting Trump out of office? I don't know, but I know this. When I rolled out They basically supported me. Uh, They tweeted with me. They talked about impeachment. They called for impeachment. I I think that they now see the difference between uh, Trump and, uh, for example, Obama. They see the difference between Trump and even Hillary Clinton. And now they know how bad a president can be, how they can use the office of the presidency uh, to do their own personal uh, bidding. And so I think they are awakened. They are awoke. They have not only become woke to all of this, but they've acted on this. They've spoken on this. They've rallied on it. And they certainly have supported me. All right. One more question. When you heard that Speaker Pelosi and more Democrats were on board for impeachment, did any part of you just want to go, I told you so? Yeah, 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 yeah. A lot of me wanted to do it. Uh, and I have to be subtle about it uh, because it is not considered acceptable uh, to just put, get in somebody's face after, you know, you have really uh, made the argument and you have won. Uh, so I'm being subtle about it. But, yeah, I sure felt like that. All right. So it's safe to say you feel vindicated. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> well, Congresswoman Waters, thank you so much for joining us today. You're so welcome. And thank you, BuzzFeed, for having me one more time. Of course, of course. All right. Well, great to talk to her about this. So lovely. So, and she's yeah. a very busy uh, woman, elected official, and very important elected official, leading a lot of these uh, issues. And we're so happy that she can make time for us yep. on the show today. Well, we've got a great show for you. Justin Hartley from This Is Us is here. But up next, it's Fire Tweets. Welcome back. It's now time for what I would typically joke is the hottest part of the show, but I think you just (laughs) with all of us there. So let's just jump right into these tweets. Josh Gondelman, you tweeted. My friend is visiting from out of town and she wanted to hang out and do something, quote, very New York. So I canceled. (laughs) I mean, that is New York. That is also a little bit rude. I have recently experienced this. And I was like, wow. Because New York is so incredibly busy. And to coordinate schedules with busy, other busy people is enough, is a lot. And then for them to just drop out with no excuse is terrible. Does that make you, like, really mad? I give people one chance. And then that's it. Yes, this person, you have one more time. And then... And then that is it? And you're blocked. I'm joking. (laughs) Tyler, you tweeted. Kids be like, I got all A's. A B, three C's, and an F. So, not always. I, <laughs> How many classes are you taking? Because it would seem that maybe you got one A. I think I've done this before. It's like, I got all A's, 
then I'd be in a C minus. <clears throat> and they're like, what was that last part? A, a C minus. <laughs> like, eat your words. My GPA is a C minus. <laughs> My GPA is a C minus. But uh, it could be a, a 4.0. But it's a 2.0. Oh, God. Sorry, this is very funny to me. Vanessa, you treat it. <laughs> If you're gonna reboot Walker, Texas Ranger, you better reboot my grandma so there's someone to fucking watch it. I actually never watched this show, but I know, like, I know the iconic images of Chuck Norris, right? I, he was the guy. I watch this show. There are other people that work on this show that also watch this show. I won't out them, but you know, I may tune in without Chuck Norris. Okay. <laughs> Fine, Phil, you tweeted. My toxic trait, eating the lunch I brought to work as a snack at 10 a.m. <laughs> this morning show life, I really can tell you something about that. Because like by 10 a.m., you're like, it is practically lunch. Yes, you got to have like a little, little nut, little apple, little banana, something. Because once you eat that, then you're like, oh, I'm going to go to lunch now. And then you also then begin eating much more in the early afternoon. You know, have like an afternoon cupcake. Yeah, yeah. And that just really throws off my day. <laughs> well, let's take it to the timeline. What is your toxic trait? Let us know using the hashtag AM to DM. Uh, I was just going to say, hard to choose just one. I know. <laughs> I was like, I'm garbage. <laughs> Terrible person. All right, truth of the day. Yes. <laughs> Comes from, it's only Zach, which is not me. If we find out the whistleblower is hot, this website is going to implode. I have been having very private thoughts about you this. Have. because Now they're public. I'm assuming this person, we're going to realize who they are. We're going to find out who they are very soon. Um, and if he's a white man under 50, we're just going to immediately stan. And uh, this, the, the memes that will come out are going to be ridiculous. Okay, so here's what I want in my, uh, as a whistleblower, zaddy. So <laughs> zaddy. I'm thinking like... Um, you know, like kind of a Mad Men kind of look, a real starched collar, a side part, some glasses. I'm, I'm spitting up my... Give me like a little bit of a, like a, what Clark Kent, yeah. Clark Kent is Superman. Yeah. Give me like a little... I love that we are like, like projecting like, save me daddy onto this whistleblower. <laughs> like, bro, when, we, when you all go through this, remember your daddy issues as this happens. Let's just all check in with our therapist and think through this. That really took this to like, like a not as fun level. place. But you know so. who's going to be the first person to treat this out? Me and the <laughs> like, what's up, Zaddy? What's I got something? Nothing. I'm what's not whistleblower, Zaddy. There's make it so happen. many gay jokes you can make with whistleblower and gay Twitter. I look forward to it. Okay, so we'll leave it at that. All right. Well, coming up, you get to see Zach sit down with This Is Us actor Justin Hartley. But up next, you get to see some more clips from our time in Iowa. Just last week, though it feels like a year ago, we went to Iowa for the LGBTQ Forum. And not only did we interview presidential candidates, we also had a chance to check out some of some of the fun places where even the candidates go to. Take a look. Morning. We are Reagan, which I'm told is like a really cool cafe slash t-shirt store. And then I'll be talking to five of the candidates afterwards. Come on now. Zach, is that for the form? Yeah. I'm just like, we've been working on it for uh, since February. So I'm just like, uh, we're here, I'm gonna crawl. <laughs> you see how de Blasio dropped out? He did. I wouldn't see that. Oh, I guess he's not coming. Good morning, y'all. Right now we're in Cedar Rapids, Iowa at the Ray Gun T-shirt shop. It's a really popular place where candidates like to stop by during election cycles. And we're in front of some really amazing shirts yeah. and political accoutrements. You can even see at this table over here, there are pictures of some of the candidates that have come here before. There are some different political books as well. Everyone stops by here now. It is the place to go to if you want to become president one day. Iowa is so critical to the Democratic primary. It's the first place where the caucus is. So it really has a lot of weight when it comes to determining who's going to be the nominee. It's a really good place for you to figure out where the country's going and where it could go and where Americans are standing on that. On that note, I think it's time to shop. Yes, of course, let's go. Oh, look at this shirt. So this is when there was everyone. It's like all, all the names that you have forgotten or you never knew to begin with were all the way down here. Do you see the Blasio on here? Yep, Bill's right there. Teeny tiny, it's all the way down though. there. Love a good sale, it's only $7, but it also says bisexual, so I feel very represented. This is the LGBTQ floor. Entire floor. For us. We're home. We're homo. <gasps> you are a defiant. Very person. much a mood. Oh my god, I also love they have cat shirts for in the queer they section. Do. 
what they know. My wife definitely would like this, but I right now I am doing a mental calculation of how many cat shirts she already has and if she really needs another one. Very fun doing a little shopping. Unfortunately, our time has run out here. Maybe we'll get you a souvenir, but we gotta go somewhere else. Yes, I wanna see more of Iowa and find some cheese. They have Ooh. cheese here, right? Do they? I think so. I bet. Technically Wisconsin. Okay. Hey everyone, we are in Iowa City and it is a beautiful day out here. Yeah, right now we're in the Hamburg Inn, which was founded in 1948 and it's a really popular stop for candidates during the presidential campaign. We're sitting at the presidential table ourselves right now. Because this is the spot to go to when you are in Iowa City and running for president. And I understand why. I took a look at this menu and y'all, they have a grilled cinnamon roll. They also have something called a pie shake, which is supposed to be like your birthday in a mug. So I shall be getting one of those. But y'all might actually recognize this place from the West Yes, which was one of my favorite shows, and they even have a plaque behind us commemorating the fact that that show was filmed here, and it literally was an iconic moment that I will always remember, and I miss that show. Please come back. Please, <laughs> Netflix, make it happen. One of the other reasons why this place is so iconic is because every single election cycle, they do something called the Coffee Bean Caucus, where folks can come in, they can drop a coffee bean into one of these jars that is designated for each candidate. You can see that this one is for Gary Johnson, who was a libertarian candidate for president. And I must say, it's a bit shady that he has no beans in it because he did lose quite a bit. Quite a bit. <laughs> Welcome to the stage. <laughs> this, this is where tonight we'll be uh, doing the forum. So Alex, how are you feeling about talking to everybody? I feel great. I mean, I feel like my job is a little easier than yours because I get to be <laughs> in a private room. I feel like my job is harder because they're in front of the public and yours is in a private room. So they, if oh, Marianne Williams them, wants yeah, to yell, yes, yes, she right. can yell. She can yell at me. Happy presidential cycle. It's going to be a long, long year. Buckle up. That's all from the LGBTQ forum. More AM to DM is up next. So we just finished up. We were hoping to maybe corral a couple more candidates in here, but it was really great. We got to talk to six people about topics that really ran the gamut from LGBTQ rights to access to reproductive health care to news of the day items that we always see these people in the headlines for. And I think now it might be time for a glass of wine. So that was wild. I think it will hit me like in a week that I sat on stage with all the people that could literally run the country. <laughs> but it was amazing to see them talk about so many issues I've never heard some of them talk about. So it just makes me really excited about the future, weirdly, even though the world's ending. Here's a tweet from Kate Willett. The most true and concise definition of justice I've ever heard was from Ana Maria Archila confronting Jeff Flake in an elevator. The way that justice works is that you recognize hurt, you take responsibility for it, and then you begin to repair it. I'm joined now by Anna Maria Archila, the co-executive director of the Center for Popular Democracy, Action. Now who, one year ago, along with Maria Gallagher, confronted then-Senator Jeff Flake about his intention to confirm Brett Kavanaugh to the Supreme Court. Welcome. Thank you. Um, I'm really uh, excited to get to talk to you, um, especially since it is just about one year later. And of course, um, after you had that confrontation, Kavanaugh was then confirmed. Um, how are you feeling now that you've had uh, some time uh, between then and now? I have been thinking a lot about this question of what the year since that confrontation means. And um, although, of course, when I told my story to Senator Flake, when Maria Gallagher told her story, when thousands of women came out to tell their stories of sexual assault, both in solidarity with Dr. Ford and as an effort to help the country understand um, the gravity of sexual assault and the opportunity that Flake and others had to signal to the country that they wouldn't do the same, repeat the same history. We, of course, did it in the hopes that they would not mm -hmm. vote to install someone in the Supreme Court who had been accused of sexual assault. But our politicians, especially in the Republican Party, were unable to heed the call and um, govern by listening. But the people who told their stories and the people who showed up to protest were transformed in that moment. And they brought that energy and that rage and that pain into the elections and brought into the House one of the most diverse, most female mm -hmm. classes of Congress. And then those, the women that came into Congress are the ones that are trying to hold President Trump accountable today. So um, I feel both 
a sense that we should be able in this country to decide not to put someone accused of sexual assault in the Supreme Court. And at the same time, my trust is always with people, not those in elected office. Um, so even though Kavanaugh is in the court, I still feel hopeful because people are showing up in big ways um, and transforming the culture and the politics of our country. Well, I think that, you know, your video was so striking to so many people, um, I think in part because they saw themselves reflected and they saw their story reflected, and it can be so hard to take a stand like that. How did you feel about the reaction and the outpouring after uh, that happened? I was so moved. I had never told my story publicly um, before the Kavanaugh fight. I told it for the first time in front of Senator Flake's office a few days before I saw him in the elevator. And, um, but I had witnessed in that process many, many women telling their stories, and I had witnessed kind of how powerful it was for people to walk past their fear and their pain um, to do something so difficult, but that would release them in some ways of the burden. And um, and I think that moment kind of captured that, like that energy. I heard from so many women and people of all genders who said, thank you, I was able to release my story too, or I felt myself represented in that elevator. Um, and I feel hopeful that we can change things. Um, and, and I think that outpouring, the combination of courage and solidarity was what, what was so transformative. Um, of course, I heard from the haters too, um, a fair amount, and President Trump jump, jumped in the pile and tried to kind of paint us, me and Maria, as, um, you know, pawns of someone else, um, as, which is what he does with everyone who dares to speak up against his wishes. Um, but, you know, I, I think people are recognized that in this moment we have to do um, what's necessary to protect ourselves, to protect the people we love, um, to try to build a country that includes us all. Mm. Um, and that's what I heard in the outpouring mm. of kind of thank yous and, and support. Mm. Now, in response to the new revelations uh, yes. against Kavanaugh from the book The Education of Brett Kavanaugh, um, you tweeted, Last September, thousands of women stood up and Rhea Gallagher and I confronted Jeff Flake in an elevator because we believe Dr. Ford and Deborah Ramirez and knew Brett Kavanaugh had no place on the Supreme Court. The evidence has only become stronger. Brett Kavanaugh must go. Um, what did you make of the new allegations against him and the way that the New York Times handled them? Well, um, the new allegations essentially compile more corroboration that the story of Deborah Ramirez was a story that others had witnessed. Um, and um, I think both it sh like made obvious what we already knew, which was that the FBI investigation was a sham. Mm. Um, and it was, you know, what Flake did was essentially save the Republicans from walking all, like past the cliff um, and save face. Um, I... I think um, that, you know, the New York Times said also how, you know, posed the question of how do we deal in our society with people who have committed harm? What is there, is there a way to return from that harm? And I think it's an important question for us to ask. Um, we have to start by understanding that um, if we don't believe women, we cannot repair the harm. Mm. Um, but when, but if we are able as a society to understand that people are experts of their own experience, that women are experts of their own experience, um, then we can begin to tackle the question of what should we do with men who have harmed us. Mm. Um, and I think, you know, what I said to Flake in the elevator is that the opportunity is there. Take responsibility for the harm you have caused and then begin to carve a path to repair it. And we don't want to like live in a society where um, people who cause harm are thrown into an island and never mm -hmm. return. I don't believe that people should live in jails mm -hmm. forever. I mean, that's the whole point is we should be able to return, um, but we have to take responsibility for our actions. And yeah. as long as we kind of continue a culture of impunity that um, allows men to get away um, then we're never going to be able to create a path for them to return. Hmm. Um, you know, you mentioned uh, that need for accountability. Um, if you, uh, you know, could confront someone else today, is there someone that you would want to confront about this? What would you tell them? 
the biggest disappointment um, and the the most frustrating um, kind of political failure, I think, was Susan Collins. Mm. Because she had presented herself throughout her career as a staunch supporter of women's rights to choose what we do with our bodies. And she had presented herself as someone who was kind of um, able to um, hear people. And um, she uh, was never really willing to listen to the people from Maine, the women from Maine who were mm -hmm. um, trying to tell them, tell her their stories. And when she announced her vote for Kavanaugh, um, she spent 45 minutes basically explaining to the country that Dr. Ford, yes, she was assaulted, but not by Kavanaugh. How does Collins dare to say mm -hmm. that? What, what gives her um, what audacity to decide that she knows better than Dr. Ford about her own experience. Um, so she represented kind of the worst of um, um, kind of patriarchy, which mm. is when women um, are the defenders of a system mm. that is ultimately doesn't believe that we are equal. Mm. Um, and so if I had the opportunity to talk to someone, she would be the she one would be I would one. talk to. Well, uh, I wish that we had so much more time because I would love to keep talking to you, but thank, thank you, you so much for joining me. Thank you. Up next, Zach is sitting down with actor Dustin Hartley. For three seasons, Justin Hartley has been stealing hearts and stealing scenes on the popular NBC show, This Is Us. The show is back for season four, and Justin is here today. How are you? Good, thank you for being here. Thanks for having me. Of course, of course. I'm sure Twitter's like <laughs> blowing up right now that you're here, because when I was talking to people about you coming, people just get very, very excited oh, about good. you and the show. Good, yeah, yeah, good. It's a, so it's a very exciting time. You're back for season four. Yeah, so how's it feel? You know, it feels great. I mean, it feels, I feel lucky mm -hmm. to, to be saying that season four. I mean, that, that doesn't happen very often. That in and of itself is kind of cool. Um, but to have like the, the fan base that we have and to have the people that are so excited about us coming back for a fourth mm -hmm. season and the investment that they've made and sort of going on this journey with us and really sort of, like I say, the investment, but also like the emotional investment, mm -hmm. not just the time that they spend on the show. It's, it's, it's been very humbling and, and kind of amazing. I'm sure, and your character puts people through a lot of emotional investment. You know, yeah, he, sorry. He goes through a lot. He does. Addiction, jealousy, career highs and lows, and he knows a lot of struggle. Yeah. But I'd love to know from you, what has it, or how has that character changed you as a person as you've gone through all of these things? You know, it, it's made me, I think, more aware of, not that I wasn't before, but more aware of just sort of where you are mm -hmm. <laughs> in the moment um, and to kind of enjoy and embrace the, like these wonderful, I'm a, very, I'm a very lucky guy. It's not lost on me how lucky mm -hmm. I am. And, and so, um, so it's, it's, it's caused me to sort of relax into that and enjoy it and kind of embrace the moment, you know, as, as these moments go by because they're so fleeting. Yeah. And then also kind of... Um, sort of check in with myself and take care of myself a little bit because I think that's sort of Kevin's thing that he struggles with is taking care of himself. Yeah. And are you learning self-care tips through kind of acting through him? Yeah, I try to take, you know, I try to take on, um, I try to learn from every character that mm -hmm. I play. Like even the bad guys, you can learn stuff from every character that you play. I think it would be kind of, you'd be remiss if you didn't sort of try to do that a little bit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think so. I mean, it, it can get out of hand. And playing him, you, you, you know, for me, I've realized how everything's going along and everything is so great. And he's this guy, I always describe him as this guy that's sort of like alone in a crowded room, mm -hmm. which to me is like the loneliest kind of saddest place you can be. Mm -hmm. You're surrounded by people that you don't know and they don't really know you and they don't really care to know you. Mm -hmm. And you're kind of lost and no one's checking in with you. And, um, and uh, so, yeah, I mean, it, it, it has sort of, you know, caused me to realize how, how quickly these things can kind of slip away. So you gotta, you gotta take, it's a very, like, it's a slippery slope, right? Mm -hmm. Especially with this guy. Yeah, for sure. But what's great about this guy is that he has an incredible family around does. him. And something I personally love about your family and your character's role in that family is that there's an inter, it's an interracial family. Mm -hmm. You know, and I'm a black person that has white brothers, and mm -hmm. I've been really enjoying seeing that you all show some dynamics that cool. you know, I went through as a person. Yeah. Were you proud of the writers of kind of breaking through that wall for very. America to see? And what was it like to have that written for you? It's wonderful, right? It's wonderful. And, and it's also sort of, of, it's kind of baffling when you see it and you're like, why haven't we seen that before? Yeah, <laughs> like, it's crazy. <laughs> why, why haven't we seen that before? Like mm -hmm. this, what, what, what's going on? Um, but yeah, it, it's wonderful. It's like, you know, we always, our writers are always tackling these issues or these topics um, and they're going right through the front door and they're like, this is where we are. We're mm -hmm. not tricking anyone. This is, this is, this is our family. Yeah. 
but this is us is the name of the show and it really is all of us it's mm-hmm. everybody has their own different unique story mm, and, and do you pay attention to how people are reacting because mm-hmm. as you're talking about sure. this I'm like yeah that's my family first time seeing it I have an emotional reaction but are you looking at that sure. you're acting sure um, I, maybe not you know in the scene you're in the scene mm-hmm. so you're but when you watch it for sure absolutely when I'm reading it of course mm-hmm. um, but you know I mean it's hard to do if you, for me anyway and just speaking for myself maybe other actors may be different. I don't know. Maybe I'm not um, as inclined to, to be able to do this as they are. But when I'm in the scene and I'm, I'm that's the only thing I'm doing. Mm-hmm. I can't really do more than that. Yeah. Um, and I think if I do, then you'll see it. <laughs> you'll be like, well, he wasn't really. Like, he wasn't present. For yeah, that. no, he was doing like four <laughs> things there. Yeah. Well, I have to feel that you were really good at doing four things because you were a dad of a teenager, yeah. Isabella. And your character, we just found out, has a child. Um, so what are, is your most, like your favorite parts about being a dad? Oh gosh, what don't, what don't I like about it? I mean, she's the List best. List them off. What are, yeah, what are the well, I'll, I'll give you an example. Like just a few seconds ago, or a few minutes ago, before I walked in here, I get a text from my daughter, and it just goes, "Good morning," like that, right? Yeah. It, that's all she said. But I immediately was like, "Hey, good morning." This and that, and then mm-hmm. she sent me a little video. So they have um, these kids that we have. They, they have this sort of um, this way of sort of brightening your day, mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, and she's great. I'm so proud of her. You know, sure. and everything that she does. She's really a wonderful person. It's amazing that she's texting you in the morning because so many people have this idea that teenage girls are not going to be nice to dad. I, I, I know, she's great. And she's she's on the West Coast, so it's early for her. Yeah. Well, she better be at school. Yeah. And yeah. <laughs> now you're reminding me, I should probably text my dad. <laughs> yeah. Let's talk about a movie you were in earlier this year called Little. Okay. You know, we had the cast here, Marseille Martin. She's great, huh? She's wonderful. Yeah. And she joked about uh, flirting with you uh, and flirting uh, with an older man as her character. What was it like working with her and Issa Rae on that film? They're brilliant. I mean, they really, like, it's like being, like, so you're surrounded by these comedic geniuses, and, you know, Marseille is, like, such an old soul. Mm-hmm. She's so smart. Uh, she, you know, she produced that movie. Yeah. And, um, and Issa Rae's obviously hilarious and amazing, and, uh, yeah, so I just went in there a few days and played around and, you know, hopefully made some people laugh and got to laugh myself, and, and it was great. Yeah. And you know what's really great about this film is that we got to see you out of This Is Us, got to see you in the silver screen. But I also feel like it catapulted you into this like really nationally known sex symbol uh, for (laughs) a lot of Americans. (laughs) Because like the movie, I mean, they're thirsting after you, which is very funny. Um, What do you feel about this rise of your position in that way? As a sex symbol? As a sex symbol. Um, <laughs> you I, like took a big breath. <laughs> uh, I don't know if I see myself as a sex really? symbol. No, um, I, look, I'm, I'm busy and mm-hmm. I, I see myself as sort of an actor that's trying to make good decisions, good mm-hmm. creative career decisions and, um, and do, you know, great at my job and be a dad and mm-hmm. be a good husband and, but I, but good. I mean, I guess good, you know, if, um, cause I feel like I sort of have it together hopefully. So, so yeah, good, you know. I feel like I'm a nice person. <laughs> you're, I mean, I think you can be like a sex symbol, however we describe that, and also a good person. And maybe yeah. you're like, you're the nice, hot person. Thank you. Is that a compliment? <laughs> yeah, no, thank you. Thank you very much. I, 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 thank you. I, I, what, I, I, don't, I don't know. I see myself every day. I think yeah. I'm sort of boring, but... Um, uh. But thank you. Oh, you're, well, you're welcome. You're thank welcome. you very much. Well, you know, your Instagram is quite popular, and you recently had all the cast describe the final episode of season three in one word. So I'm going to play a game with you where I'm going to list some of your cast members out, and you're going to tell me the first word that comes to mind. Oh. List my cast members out, and then I'm going to tell you the first yeah. word that comes to my mind. Okay, got it. You got it? Yeah. All right. So first up is Sterling K. Brown. Uh, smile. Smile? Yeah. That, he has a wonderful smile. He does, but when he walks in the room, I smile. That's so nice. Yeah, he's great. Wow. He's great. I always know that he's going to make me smile. Okay. You know? I mean, yeah he, yeah, he should make a lot of people smile. Yeah. Um, and then uh, Susan Watson. Vavoom. Vavoom. Yeah. That, there that, we go. She's, she is a beautiful actress, mm-hmm. a beautiful person, uh, inside and out, and just like, she's got, it, she's got it all figured out. She's dialed in. Okay. Dialed in. All right. So your mother, Mandy Moore. Uh, everything. Everything. Yep. She's, she's, yeah, she's, she's fantastic. She's, you know, super talented actress, songwriter, singer. Um, yeah, she's wonderful. Have you heard her new music? Mm-hmm. Of course. Yeah, lo- it's great. Love it. I do. I, lo- I love that she's back in it. Mm-hmm. She's, you know? she's such a talent. Like when she really, Twitter was going crazy about that. It kind of makes me sick actually. Now that I think about <laughs> it, like I'm the only, if I think about my cast, like I feel like Milo might be the only one that, like, he, he will admit that he can't sing. I'm not sure that's totally true. Um, I know that I can't. Okay. And, and, but I've, all of the rest of them, they all sing and, like, dance. I'm like, what, like, what happened? 
Oh my God. Well, what are, threats. Well, you bring up Milo. Give me the word for him. Um, refined. Refined? Yeah. He's very refined. He's very refined. Were you a fan of Gilmore Girls when he was on it? Yeah. Yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> You're a big fan. Oh, wow. Yeah. I, I, I love that show yeah. so much. Uh, what about Chrissy Metz? <sighs> Sweet. Or love. Funny. That's three words. That's three, yeah. Yeah. They're she all kind of them. similar yeah. adjectives yeah. to have someone. Yeah. All right, so finally, someone who was just here a few weeks ago, Chris Sullivan. <laughs> oh, uh, that's my guy. Um, hilarious, but, but also just so genuine. Um, and, and, um, and just, I mean, if you, get a, if you get a moment to spend a moment with that man, don't waste a moment. I, well, I got to spend yeah. like 10 minutes. He's, with he's really great, isn't he? He's fantastic. Yeah. He walked in here in his first time meeting and he just like hung out. Yeah. It's like he keyed here. So he's he great. Fantastic. So yeah. I can imagine what that set is he's like. Great. He's great. Because I'm sure y'all get into a lot of trouble. So before I let you go, I need to ask you, what word would you use to describe yourself? One word? Yeah, one word. Oh, gosh. Um, Compassionate. Compassionate. Yeah. I love that. I love that. And I can feel that from you. You're a very caring person with, with really compassionate energy. So I am. I'm going to fact check that for you, America. <laughs> he is compassionate. Yeah, you're like, actually, it came back liar. <laughs> I'm like, oh. <laughs> well, thank you so much for being here thank today. Thank you. It's been lovely catching up I with you. I appreciate it. Thank you. Um, and don't forget, This Is Us airs Tuesdays on NBC. Up next, more AM to DM. co-host and drag superstar Syzygy went to RuPaul's DragCon a few weeks ago to interview the queens. And we are so excited to show you her conversations now. Take a look. Hi, I'm noted female correspondent Syzygy, and I'm here at RuPaul's DragCon New York City. Now you might be wondering, what's a girl like me doing in a convention hall like this? Well today, BuzzFeed's going to tell you what it's all about. everyone, I'm Syzygy for BuzzFeed News, here with the face of season seven, Miss Fame. Hi baby, how are Girl. you? Thank you. Tell me about this. Well, I'm wearing transparency because under my skin is my current collection launching and I wanted to be able to show my body off while I could because it's only going to last for so long. Look, I have 10 minutes left on mine, it's a rental. I understand. So Tell me about the product though. It's an exclusive launch for my super fan, my, my adoring family. So everything has glitter. I'm all about it. I find it luxurious. I find it drag. I find it current. And I'm like, more is more. Excess. It's just a printout. It's just a printout. And I'm here today with Wing and Weft Gloves with... Katie Sue Nichols, I'm the owner of this fabulous company, Ooh. and I have with me a very fabulous employee. I'm Chris Hines. Hey, you guys. Okay, so you're here at DragCon. Tell me about Wing & Weft. Wing & Weft Gloves is the last glove factory of its kind in New York City. We specialize in custom gloves from Broadway, the film, the theater, obviously drag queens. These are some cool gloves. Mine are cheap, but that's okay. Don't zoom in on these. Don't zoom in on them, Danny. I'm Sarah Huckabee Sanders for BuzzFeed News. And I'm Melania Trump's speechwriter, Syzygy. Tell me about life and your career post-drag race. It's nuts, Syzygy. It's crazy. Look, you. Yeah. everything you hear about drag race uh, is the race starts after the show. Yeah. And I really didn't anticipate or have really kind of any concept of what that meant. And now I'm in the middle of it and I'm like, oh my God, yeah. the race really does start after the show. Mm -hmm. It's the best thing that's ever happened to me. It's so exciting. Life Post Drag Race is really, really good. I get to do everything I already love doing for way more money. <laughs> so that's a good thing. Tell me about Black Girl Magic. Black Girl Magic is, it's the greatest thing that I've ever done. Because black queens, we are taught to believe that being black is a detriment to us, that we can't do this and we can't do that because we're a black queen. And Black Girl Magic reminds us that we have such an advantage in so many ways because we're black. Hi! I have to find out about the switch. Tell oh. me about that. Oh my god, you know about the switch? Oh. Okay, well, it's RuPaul's Drag Race Latin America, basically, except you have to sing live. So you have to dance, 
sing, act, twirl, and all that good stuff. Did you see when I threw the water on the girl? I saw the fight. <laughs> Look it up online. The fight of Gia and this other girl, I get. See, that's how Drag Race needs right. to be. That it's part. like Drag Race meets Bad Girls Club. Trixie, how are you? Hello? 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 I'm good. I mean, it's DragCon, girl. Sure. It is magical. I want to hear, tell me about the launch of Trixie Cosmetics. Right now, we have this lipstick shade called Stacy, mm -hmm. and then we have nine different types of glitters. Mm. But all through the year, we have new blushes coming out, new lip colors. We're even, oh my God, through holiday. I mean, I haven't, I won't talk about holiday yet, but we're doing a red matte lipstick with Katya. Ooh. We were just texting today about our looks for the photo shoot. They are going to be- Christmassy? Very Trixie and Katya. They're going to be very uh, glamorous and stupid. Oh, perfect. Well, Danny behind the camera can be Santa. He's already filling it out a little bit with the beard. Is that why he has a boner? Well, Danny, this is DragCon, not a brothel. I feel like in a way we're two ships in the night. We're on the we're on the same trajectory. Well, I am for the semen, so. We are getting an exclusive interview with Elizabeth Warren. I'm super excited. It's about to happen right now. So I'm running through the crowd to get to her. Hello, DragCon. It's Elizabeth Warren. So much for inviting me to be a part of this special weekend. And thank you, Headcount and Swing Left, for joining in to help make sure everyone is ready to register to vote. Welcome back. That was a very fun video of Syzygy. It was fun. Running through DragCon. I had a moment where I thought, wait, Elizabeth Warren was at DragCon? <laughs> and then I remembered she did a video. She actually didn't show yeah, up. So, yeah, yeah. You know, wah, wah, wah. But she was the only candidate to actually be at DragCon this year. Fun fact. So she's got the drag vote. So she has the drag vote. The drag vote. She's it's really trying to, that's going to be really important at the Democratic convention. There is now a, a new group of <laughs> delegates. The drag delegates. The drag delegation. Yes. And they're going after Elizabeth Warren. That is not true. Do not tweet that. That is not factual. So We are joking around, to be clear. <laughs> well, let's talk about some of your tweets today. We wanted to know who you wanted to see join J-Lo and Shakira in their Super Bowl performance. Brandon says, what about Cardi B? Of course, Ja Rule too. Really? Ja Rule? Well, I don't mm. know that, uh, do we want to trust Ja Rule to be do part of any large music festival show that costs up. a lot of money then requires being transported to get there? I don't yeah. really know. Don't know if he would show up. So, but you know, Cardi B, yes, I support. I support that. Yeah. <laughs> well, Sean added, I'm sure Pitbull will be there and Jay-Z since he worked with the NFL to put it together, maybe Gloria Stefan, which uh, is like, everyone's so hopeful. People are really banging this Gloria drum. Like, I've been getting tweets about this all morning. And you know what? I'd love to see it. I would, I mean, it would change yeah. oh, the yeah. mood yeah. Yeah. entirely, Definitely. but you know, could you imagine? I, yeah, I, I can. I'm hopeful. I'm very I am excited. hopeful. All right, Jolie tweeted this following our conversation with Congresswoman Waters. Uh, Auntie Maxine remains an icon. You know, she has a lot of quotable quotes. That's the thing. It was like she, she is just as she it. was saying everything. She had a, some kind of retort or, or quote ready to go. I, she reminds me of the quote, you know, if you stay ready, you don't have to get ready. And Mama's been ready. All She's right. Ready to fight and to uh, you know, throw shade at all times. And I live all for right. it. Live, live, live. Well, thank you to our guests, Sisaji, Anna Maria Archila, Congresswoman Maxine Waters, and Justin Hartley. And next week, we've got Ruby Rose, Henry Winkler, Sky Jackson, Derek Luke, and more. We'll be back here Monday morning at 10 a.m. Have a great weekend.